At this time of year, we always learn that there's really two types of people in the world. Those who will decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving and those who refuse to. I can now safely say that you all are good at now decorating. Uh, no judgment, no condemnation. It's after Thanksgiving. And uh, I just wanted to give you a glimpse this morning of what it may look like in the Dornan household when we decorate for Christmas. My wife loves Christmas. In fact, there's been, <laughs> we just have a lot of decorations. In fact, Tony and Tim can probably attest that half the 26-foot truck was filled with Christmas decorations. We had to leave everything else behind, but the Christmas decorations had to come. So to give you a glimpse, it's hard to describe for you, so I have a little video of what it may look like in the Dornan's household when we decorate for Christmas. Welcome to our life. <laughs> and I have to admit that the Christmas decoration has already begun in the mission house. It has met good challenges. For 19 years, my wife knew exactly where everything was to be placed. And now she has a new challenge. She has no idea where she's going to put things. But uh, we do enjoy Christmas. Do you know what I enjoy about Christmas more? Is we can reflect on the birth of, our son Jesus, of God's son, Jesus Christ. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about this month. And uh, I've entitled our series of messages this Christmas, God's Indescribable Gifts. I mean, because when we talk about Christ and we talk about God giving Jesus and we talk about our salvation, how, how can you capture that one thought with just one word? I mean, when we begin to talk about all the blessings, all the, the gifts that are associated with what God has done for us, how can we, in just, in just a few words, get across what God has done for us? In fact, it's just indescribable to me. And so we're going to look at four messages, the first being uh, the gift of love, and in this series... Out of, and I only have one verse this morning, uh, John 3, 16. And it's an appropriate verse to begin with because we talk about the motivation by which God has given us such a wonderful salvation. For it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal 
life. Isn't that a wonderful verse? I know that we, this verse has been used a number of times. You see it across stadiums. Uh, probably this morning as, they, as the NFL games are beginning, you know, someone's holding up John 3.16. But it's such a wonderful, wonderful verse because it reminds us of exactly what God has done for us, what God has given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. So what this verse tells us is that God loves you and me sacrificially. Do you like to be loved? I want to be loved. And all of us can hear, can confidently say that God loves me. God loves you. God loves me, and He loves us sacrificially. In fact, we find in the Bible, it talks about that God is love. In 1 John chapter 4, in verse 16, The Apostle John says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God is love. All who He is, the very essence of God is love. Love. We hear a lot about love today, don't we? I mean, if you grew up in the 80s, you got the Tina Turner song, What's Love Got to Do With It, right? Right? God isn't singing that song because love has everything to do with it, right? Or how about the old Doors song, right? Hello, I love you, won't you tell me your name? That's a good one. You see, today we kind of have a, a miss interpretation of what true love is. And biblical love is not a Hollywood type of love. It's different. It's a higher love that we find in scriptures. In fact, the Hollywood version may go something like this. Love is a feeling you feel when you feel you're going to get a feeling you never felt before. Let me interpret that for you. It's like that high school love. A girl walks by and the guy goes, I'm in love. Doesn't know her name yet. Doesn't know if she's interested. Or that young girl, you know, the the star football player comes on. I'm just in love. Love. We don't even know what love is yet. Biblical love is not this type of love. The biblical view of love, true love, is a sacrificial love. In fact, love in the Bible, and specifically in our test, is that that wonderful Greek word agape love. Agape love. Phileo love is a a friendship love, but agape love is a higher, a superior love, and, and superior because it's not filled with emotion, but an expression of God's devotion to us. You know, words are cheap, are they not? If I told my wife, I love you constantly, but I don't prove it to her, what does that really say? then my words don't mean much. I'm devaluing the idea of love by not showing it to her, 
So if I tell her I love her but never uh, come home, never, you know, hold her hand, never talk to her, that, and spend time with her, that's not showing her that I love her. By the way, just so you all know, my wife's love language is not gift buying. It's service. Like washing dishes. <sighs> I love you, honey. I'll do that load when I get home. True love is a sacrificial love. An agape love is that self-sacrificing love, not one that's based on selfishness, but a love which demonstrates by action and in behavior for the benefit of someone else. And so God gave to humanity the ultimate gift, the ultimate expression of his deep devotion towards us by loving us through his son, Jesus Christ. And that love was sacrificially expressed to you and to me, for God so loved the world. God loves us sacrificially. And God demonstrated his love by giving the gift of his son. The gift of his son. Aren't babies precious? In the home builders class this morning, we had little Madison in our class. She was the only angel in the room. <laughs> but children are precious. Can you imagine then giving them on behalf of someone other, uh, of another? But that's what God did for us. In fact, God gave freely his son, Jesus Christ. When we look at the word give in our text, it is a word that describes giving as one would give a gift, a free gift. And so we give gifts often. Sometimes we give them for occasions like birthdays. Sometimes, you know, as Christmas times, you know, we give gifts. Who likes getting gifts? All right. Only a few of you. The rest of you, I won't have to worry about buying you anything. Great. My budget's going to work out just fine. But we like getting gifts. And, it, you know, when Christmas time rolls around, our tree is filled with all sorts of gifts. And, 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 and you know, we begin to wonder, you know, what our loved one got us. And we might look at the size. We might shake it a little bit. My sister had a trick she showed me as a kid. She would steam open the tape. Oh, I forgot. Kids are in the room. I better not share that story. Anyway, but it ruins the surprise, by the way, just to let you all know, when you know what you're getting beforehand. But when we give a gift, or at least I hope the motivation when we give a gift, we're giving it to someone we love, not based upon what they have done for us, but that we, we show them that we love them. It's an expression of our love towards them. And not based upon who they are or what they do. God gave this gift not based upon that we deserve this gift. He didn't give this gift of any expectation of return even. 
this was an expression or a demonstration of his love. God gave it freely because he loves you. And it doesn't matter what you've done, who you are, what your background is. God was willing to give you the ultimate gift because he loves you and he's given it to you freely. Take this gift. Take this gift. And God's love is demonstrable. He proved it to you. In Romans 5, 8, one of my favorite verses, but God demonstrates his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to notice something within this verse. That his love was demonstrated towards us. Who are you? We are the recipients of God's agape love. Why are we yet sinners? Why we didn't follow God? While we are opposed to God? When we did not know God? When we lived in spite of God? He loved you and me. He loved us. And he demonstrated it by giving his own son for Christ died for us. Is that not the ultimate gift? Can you think of, of any other expression of love than that? He proved it for you. What, what does one have to do to, to prove his love for you? He gave his only Son, that you might have eternal life. And God's love cost him greatly. Look, we talk about salvation being free. It's free for us, but it costs God everything. God gave to man the most valuable and precious gift that one could give himself. There is not a greater expression of love than one sacrificing his love, his life, for another. Many of us would give our lives in exchange for our spouse. Many of us would give our lives in exchange for our children. But how about the stranger, your enemy, those who would try to hurt you? God gave the ultimate gift in his son that cost him greatly that he might see lives changed, transformed, and have a relationship that he can call them his children. And that's what exactly God did for us. And the reason for such love is because man is the crown of his creation. We are the objects of God's love. God loves you. And I don't know what he has to do to prove it to you that he loves you. Like sometimes people today will walk around in this world, I don't think God loves me. Life is going horribly. Well, can I prove to you that God loves you? Let's go to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
for God so loved. He gave his son an ultimate cost to himself to give Christ on your behalf that you can have something you don't deserve, but he's willing to give it anyway. Everlasting life. That is love. God had given man the right to choose God or to disobey. Man was tempted in the garden, rebelled against God, and all humanity was affected by that choice. And we face the consequences of that choice daily. And we have a choice this morning. We can receive God's free gift of salvation or we can reject it. You may say, well, why, why do I need to accept it? Well, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All that sin could ever earn is death and separation from God. That is not where you want to be. And God gave the ultimate gift, the free gift of, from himself to us, that we might have eternal life, but it's only through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus came into this world to die for all of us, that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we don't have to pay what it earns, and that he could grant to us eternal life. You see, God's love results in unending life to all who believe, all who believe. In fact, God's gift is offered to everyone. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, you invite them to church. Well, I'm not coming to church. The church will cave in on me. I walk through the doors and the church will just fall in on me. I'm such a bad person. I've done this in my life and that in my life. I have, I have stolen, cheated, killed, murdered. But you know what? God loves you. It doesn't matter the depth of your depravity. God loves you. He proved it to you by giving his only son, Jesus Christ, on your behalf, that you can be forgiven, that you can be transformed, that you can have eternal life. And that's to anyone. If you're a human being, <laughs> you are the whosoever. The whosoever. Some of you may know this song. It's an old song. In fact, anybody remember the old heavenly highway hymns? Anybody? Yep. I believe it's also in the red American Baptist hymnal as well. It's the song, Whosoever Meaneth Me. Everybody get the tune in their head? Anybody know the tune to Hogan's Heroes? It sounds the same to me but I digress. In that song, it's the third verse. I know for a Baptist, that's almost unscriptural singing the third verse. But in the third verse, it says, Oh, what a wonderful love. Oh, what grace divine that Jesus should die for me. I was lost in sin for the world I pined, but now... I am set free. And the chorus goes, whosoever surely meaneth me. So when we come across the scriptures and we see that, you know, for God so loved the world and whosoever believes in him, that's you. 
No matter who you are, that's you. Whosoever believes in him can have eternal life. And God desires us to accept his free gift. It's as if God has his hands out and he said, here, receive. Please accept. I went at great cost to show my love for you. I want you to be my child. I want a relationship with you. Take it. Believe in me. And we must trust him. We must place faith in him and receive the gift he's so willing to give us. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Don't we sometimes feel like, man, the Lord needs a return quick? <laughs> I mean, especially when my grandbabies grow up and have to go to school. Lord, please come quickly. The Lord isn't really slow about being, being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Every time I read this verse, this is what I think of. Every day that God gives us is another day for someone to accept Jesus. Every day that God gives us, if God gives us tomorrow, that's another opportunity for someone to receive God's ultimate gift as an expression of his love, his son Jesus, and be saved. Every day. And so I, I, God just keeps on saying, not yet. Because he may want you who have yet to accept Christ to receive him today. Will you receive him? You see, because God's free gift offers us eternal life. Eternal life. Jesus said in the book of John, Verily, truly, I tell you, whosoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. So for those that have placed faith in Christ, have received the free gift of salvation, guess what? They are forgiven, they are saved, and they have currently have passed from a, a destiny of death and separation to a life that will forever be lived with Christ for all eternity. It is unending. Unending. So let me ask you this morning. Are you here this morning and that you've never accepted God's gift of salvation? Well, what is it that's holding you back? Well, what is it that's keeping you from accepting this gift? 
Hasn't it already been proven that God loves you with a perfect love and expressed his love uh, in the manger at Bethlehem, but ultimately on the cross at Calvary? He died for you so that you will be his child. Will you simply trust him today? Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving the gift of your Son. And Father, perhaps there's one here this morning that has yet to call upon your name. Father, I pray that their hearts will be convinced of this truth that you love them and you're willing to save them and that they will humble themselves and call upon you today. Father, we, we thank you for all that you've done. Truly, the gifts that you've given us are indescribable. May our worship today reflect our appreciation and our love for you. For we give and ask all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen.